This is Ypres Trench from Roe, and you're listening to the Shattered Order Podcast. You're listening to the Shattered Order Podcast. Looking for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes news, information, and theory crafting? You found the podcast you're looking for. Hey, we don't serve their kind here. With your hosts, Goodnight Punk. He doesn't like you. And Wind Killer Inc. I don't like you either. You just watch yourself. We want it been. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead! This week, we catch up with more of our Republic buddies as we go over the big reveal this week and the build-up to get to it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 49th episode of the Shattered Order podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Wink Nukin and Naughty Karate. What's wow. up, guys? That was a mouthful. <laughs> I'm surprised it came out. <laughs> it's like I just puked three names at you. What's up, guys? Be impressed. Glad you could have us on here. Absolutely. Thanks for joining. Yeah, let's complain together. This will be fun. <laughs> I know, man. I'm yeah. glad we had you on today. It makes the wider audience to complain to. Uh-huh. For sure. Yeah. But before we get to that, um, let's uh, start on a good note. We can end on the bad one. <laughs> so we like to uh, ask our guests questions to get to know them. So some people, well, first off, for those that don't know who you guys are, Shame on you, first off. Second <laughs> off. <laughs> Where are you guys at? What do you guys do? Nadia, you want to start first? Yeah, sure. So we're from the Republic. Uh, we also are addicted to making podcasts like you guys are, which is why we're collaborating <laughs> today. And we just <laughs> love to talk about this game. Sounds about right. So, uh, my name is Nukin from Republic on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, I make lots of uh, videos on just about everything that has to do with Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. And I'm also um, on the content team with Naughty on our SWGH in-depth podcasts. And, yeah, we're, we're addicted to it. <laughs> we stayed up till, like, 2, two to 4 in the morning pumping out a podcast uh for thrawn or, or how to how to farm phoenix characters just a few days ago so that was fun very nice yeah i saw that pop up on my feed i haven't gotten to least listen to it yet but i will i gotta work tomorrow that's my drive podcast awesome nice. <laughs> <laughs> very cool well we'd like to ask our guest questions and kind of get to know them so 
me and me and Wink will alternate questions, and then uh, you can choose between yourselves who answers first. When we had Grande and uh, ugh, throat Ranger Ranger on, <laughs> they were. One of them went first every time and kind of stole the answers from the other. So we'll see which one of you does that this time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, so first, you just take the lead, Naughty, and I'll, I'll follow up. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll a spot or something if you take <laughs> Sounds one. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. What's that first one, Wink? All right. First one, this is one we don't usually ask, but we always talk about it before we start recording. So I have to ask. What alcoholic beverage are you guys drinking tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Well, unfortunately, I'm eight months sober, so uh, I'm drinking watermelon lemonade. <laughs> I wish it was scotch, though. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. I'm drinking some red, some red wine, some Cabernet, and I'm just sipping it, enjoying myself, and uh, ready to have a blast here. Sweet. Good answers. I'm pretty sure someone on this podcast has drank that on here. <laughs> Me or Wink, one of the two. Maybe a few times. <laughs> Not the lemonade, right. but the wine. The lemonade sounds good, though. <laughs> I was about to say, don't be dogging. Those flavored lemonades are awesome. I don't. Okay, so totally here's, agree. Sub, I'm going to go off the rails here for a second because Surprise. I need to know if anyone out there knows about this. Do you guys have Quiznos where you are or had yes. them? Yes, they just went out of business in Hawaii. Actually. Same here. Uh, but I would go there almost strictly sometimes to get their their uh, raspberry lemonade that they made there. It was the best thing ever. Haven't had that. Delicious. Oh, man. Every time. Huh. Yeah, we had, we had some Quiznos over here, but yeah, they're closed now, sad days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened to them. They're gone, kind of like Fazoli's. Yeah, it's yeah. too bad because in comparison, Subway is like garbage sandwiches compared to Quiznos. <laughs> That's no kidding. Totally agree. Well, the funny thing is they kind of started disappearing when Subway was like, yeah, we can toast that too. Mm-hmm. Maybe oh Quiznos God. is going out of business because they weren't advertising on the Shattered Order podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Subway, get on it. Pro tip. <laughs> I'm like, last week we said they sucked. This week, amazing. <laughs> I love it. Oh. All right. I've taken us off track enough. Second question. What is your favorite character from Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes? Oh, dear. I'm unprepared for this. I would say, so growing up in the game, believe it or not, Asajj Ventress was my favorite. Yeah, but old Ahsoka Tano became my darling. And I think right now it's either Ayla or Anakin. Obviously, I'm a Jedi player. And I'm kind of excited that we're forced to work on Phoenix because running a Jedi team, I really want to get into Puberty Ezra. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you say that on this contest? That's great. (laughs) You're fired. <laughs> oh shit! He was pulling do- double duty. He had to save some of the punches. Uh, oh god! You can keep it, or I can just say again: I really want to use Ezra on my team. <laughs> there you go. We're keeping both of them. Well played. Um, I would have to say my favorite character in Star Wars: Galaxy of Heroes is Darth Vader. 
He's extremely fun to play. And thanks to him, I actually do the Rancor raid instead of just posting a zero. <laughs> Good reason. <laughs> so you, you were posting zeros and now you're posting solos? Uh, I, I mean, I, I did sometimes. And, and yeah, I do solo the raid. <laughs> and I'm able to actually auto it now with my new refined team for the Rancor. So that's pretty exciting. Oh, I can't do still- it consistently but um it's it's possible even after the fix you can auto the rancor yeah i actually spent days of my life making this guide on how to solo the rancor post patch with um a zader team it's actually on my youtube channel but um with this team which is uh it's darth vader Jin, shore trooper uh tie fighter pilot and uh, Tarkin, with Tarkin's rework, you're able to actually auto the raid with, without having god mods with that team. So I'm able wow. to do that. And uh, it's pretty cool. Just kind of let it go and uh, enjoy the benefits of actually being crazy and grinding Empire before they were actually good. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. For That's sure. pretty awesome. Thanks, man. Um, all right. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Oh, definitely Empire, without question. Even though it sounds hipster to say that, it's just true. <laughs> okay, so Empire Strikes Back was mine. So <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Rogue One. Rogue One or A New Hope, one of those. Very nice. Leaning toward- We've actually gotten Rogue One before as an answer, so I'm not surprised. No. That is a good one. I'm really hoping that the Han Solo movie's awesome. Yeah, me, me too. too. I, do, I like the cast. I really like the cast. So Yeah, we'll Woody Harrelson in the Star Wars universe? Yes, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's just going to co- reprise his role from Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to... Suddenly Hunger Games is Star Wars canon. You didn't know. Nice. So out of those movies... What's your favorite Star Wars quote? Hmm. I would suppose it would have to be either I love you, I know, which is, <laughs> which is one of the biggest jerk things to say to a woman that loves you. Yeah. Or for some reason, there's just phonetic phrases that I remember from watching the movies as a kid. And one that, that comes to mind, which I used as a handle for a forum for a while, is when C-3PO and R2 come up to Jabba's palace and the little metal eyeball comes out of the wall and it says, Gubadab, are you a blinky? And I always <laughs> thought like a blinky meant like, are you a bad person? And so my name was Hablinky for a long time. Nice. <laughs> We're going to put that in the, uh, in the show notes. <laughs> Shattered Order featuring Hablinky and Nukin. <laughs> Uh, let's see favorite Star Wars quote I want to say I find your lack of faith disturbing or you underestimate the power of the dark side both from Darth Vader of course I was going to say with your dark side uh, lean there I'm not surprised (laughs) (laughs) so I think the next one's pretty obvious for you at least uh, but what's your favorite character from the movies I actually think that Darth Vader is probably my favorite 
as well. And the end of Rogue One kind of sealed the deal for that. I don't think any, any, anybody is going to be as epic as that scene right there. And I didn't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it. But if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it, please watch it. <laughs> so oh, I don't man. That was anymore. It's crazy. That didn't oh, okay. I wish if, it was longer. If you haven't seen Rogue One and you're listening to a podcast about a Star Wars video game, what the, what the hell? Yeah. Hey, I'm just saying, Colonel Mustard from our guild doesn't even like Star Wars, so or didn't ever watch him before he started playing, so I wouldn't be surprised. We, be we have That's, a guild member who just now watched like the old uh, three movies, and I think he just watched the the ones that came in the 2000s as well. So that just happened. So there are. So the real question was, did he like them? Yes, he did. <laughs> okay, okay good. that works. Better. It boggles the mind why someone would play this game if they didn't have any connection to the characters through the movies or the TV shows, though. I know. I I totally agree. Seems a little odd. I mean, it's a well, good that's game. That's why it's so but... hard to play any other game that you see that's actually you know decent, but it's. If it doesn't have a good IP attached to it, sometimes it just loses its luster. I'm just totally proud agree. of myself for not grilling him because he actually did not like Empire Strikes Back whatsoever. And <laughs> what? that's my favorite movie. And I was it. it I had to can restrain myself from saying negative things. <laughs> <laughs> we all did. We all did. Put him on After Dark next time, and I'll say all those things, because that's unacceptable. How do you not like him? We'll we'll have a little roast. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. (laughs) Absolutely. Awesome. I guess my favorite character from the movies, I want to go with something classic, but I'm highly biased, and as a huge fan of kung fu movies, Donnie Yen is one of my favorite actors. So I'm going to go with Chirrut, even though he didn't really have a huge role in the movie i just really everything that guy does i love so i was really excited for rogue one in fact it's the main reason why i dropped a hundred dollars on this game for the first time was when the cheer it event came out and i was like rogue one packs i can get cheer it and then i ended up with uh (laughs) scarif rebel pathfinder and bistan so i'm not doing it (laughs) (laughs) bistan that's like yes. spending money on Night Sisters. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really looking forward when they put the DVD out with the uh, cut scenes so we can really see all those old Biston scenes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The ones that half the movie that was supposedly cut out with him in it. <laughs> all right. So, next question Who do you think Ray's parents are? Oh, that's interesting. I would side with the idea that she's probably a Kenobi bloodline. I have no idea who the mom would be, though. It makes more sense. Seems like it would be too obvious if she was a Skywalker and insignificant if she was a different bloodline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Ray's parents are... Hmm, let's see. Well, I think Ray's going to go to the dark side. And I'm just going to say she's the chosen one of the dark side. <laughs> wow. Okay. She has no parents. She's formed from the force. Dad, dad's the force. Mom's going to get taken by Tusken Raiders. <laughs> That's why she had to leave her on Jakku. 
Exactly. The Tuscans didn't want her. All right. So if you think Ray is getting, uh, you know, moved to the dark side, obviously Snoke's kind of forcing her that way. So who do you think Snoke is? I think he's the stormtrooper that hit his head on the on the door in A New Hope. Because <laughs> he has he has a forehead wound. That giant <laughs> dent on his forehead. Nice. Uh, Real quick, off the rails again. Off the rails with Dan podcast. <laughs> the uh, I, I saw a interview on the 40th anniversary day with the dude that played that stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah, and he said. Hat wearing that helmet made it impossible to see anything, but they yelled action, so he started walking and slammed his head into it, and then he just kind of stopped and because he, he thought that they were going to say cut, but they never did, so he just kept walking, and then it actually <laughs> ended up in the film, So and, and then suddenly it became what it was. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I've never heard of that story. Yeah, I haven't either. Hilarious. It's awesome. I'm like, how do you track down the, the extra, you know? It was pretty funny. I'm going to say Snoke is Mace Windu. Mace Windu never died. And we're going to have Samuel L. Jackson come back to the Star Wars franchise to make another movie. <laughs> oh, Wouldn't <man>. surprise me. <laughs> you know, he's always hinting at it whenever he does any Star Wars stuff. Uh-huh. He's oh. like, am I really dead? I don't know. Trying to sneak his way in, I think, but... Who knows? Yeah. Well, how many characters <laughs> would be have too. fallen from great heights only to show up again later in the game? Surprise! All of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question. Favorite Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes battle mode? I actually prefer the arena, to be honest. As frustrating as it can be, I'm I'm not really that well rehearsed of a raider or that good at raids and my roster doesn't really allow me to post super high damage but arena is something that i never gave up on and ships too so i can maintain between rank 30 and 15 in both fleet and and arena you know i'm at the level cap now and i very ill-advisedly run a jedi team in arena without <laughs> kenobi or yoda so i i enjoy it it's oh. fun Nice. Yeah. I've recently uh, started getting into the arena myself. It took a year and a half or however long we've been playing. <laughs> or at least those of us that started the beginning. It took me that long to figure it out. Uh, favorite battle mode. Well, I can, like, I, I would say raids because I do like some phases. Like, I love to use my Kenobi sync team and just watch it work in phase one of the tank. But overall, there's some phases that are just particularly annoying. So I can't say that. I'm not a big ship <laughs> fan. So I, I, I guess it's going to be squad arena for me as well. Sorry to <laughs> duplicate your response, <laughs> Naughty. But I, I mean, it's the truth. I really like squad arena the most. And. More so now than ever, because you can run characters in Arena that aren't seven stars, and that wasn't the case when I started playing the game. So I'm going to say Squad Arena, but I guess Raid, since we can't, I'm not going to copy Nani's response. <laughs> How dare you copy me? I was trying to ride my coattails. <laughs> There's at least four <laughs> other modes. We can share the same opinion. How about, how about this? I'm, I, I will say the new game mode 
I'll be the first on the Shattered Order podcast to say the new game mode that isn't even released will be my new favorite mode. (laughs) (laughs) Mark it down. (laughs) Breaking news. Remember that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. What is your favorite non swaga Star Wars game? I would have to go back in time to answer that question because until this game completely incepted me while I watched Rebels and decided to start playing games again after taking a decade away from them, it was most definitely Counter Strike. Hmm. Counter Strike. The good one. I never took you for a first person shooter guy, Nani. I loved him, man. I loved him. I told you I used to play tournaments with my brother, and we built three computers from the things we would win at land parties and hotels, which aren't really a thing anymore. <laughs> land but, parties um, kind of disappeared, yeah, for yeah, sure. But it, in the golden age, yeah, for $10, you could enter a, a room full of 300 people, and if you could win in one of the top three teams for any one of the games they were playing, which at the time was either... Halo PC, Counter-Strike, or Battlefield 1942, then you would win like a $500 video card, a motherboard, a case, and we we built three monster computers just from winning them. So, yeah, but it, it, Before you got uninvited? Uh, before, <laughs> before I decided I needed to do better things with my life and build a career. Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <okay. Well>, <laughs> I want to say my favorite game, but if it wasn't, um, it's a, my favorite non-Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes game was probably mm, Warcraft 3, Reign of Chaos, and Ooh. Frozen Throne. So that was the game that came before World of Warcraft, and it was kind of like StarCraft, but with a Warcraft mm-hmm. theme. I played that a lot, and I played Diablo 2 uh, a ton. And uh, it's part of the reason why I can probably tolerate the level of grind that is this game is probably because I played hours upon hours of Diablo 2. So <laughs> and it may <laughs> see here's the thing, right? So let me ask you this mm-hmm. playing Blizzard games in the past. If they were to make this game that we love a Blizzard uh, IP version, would you jump ship? Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Me because too, man. Blizzard has an amazing, amazing ability to create very balanced games that are so mm-hmm. thoroughly play tested that it requires skill and not money. And oftentimes, when you do spend money on their games, <clears throat> excuse me, when you do spend money on their games, it does not give you a particular advantage against other players. It just gives you new skins or new cosmetics mm-hmm. to the game. Yep. I'm. Um- Totally with you. I love the way that I love their microtransaction strategy, I guess you'd say. The yeah. way they do things is great. And and they, and they still for, make tons uh, of money. Sorry, they allow for like open betas. And that's something that's a different way of a different approach. And sometimes I feel like we're like beta testers and the beta testers that are in the game now are more like alpha testers sometimes. Right. Yeah. So I really like that aspect how they, they, the community is more involved in, in the, the creation of characters and the refinement of them with through balance patches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
Makes sense. Well, now one of the most important questions. Are you Team Chase or Team Beirut? Oh, definitely Team Chase as a Kung Fu fan. (laughs) (laughs) What is Beirut, by the way? I don't know know that term. Well, so you got Bays mixed with Churret. We call it Beirut. Or you can have Churret mixed with Bays called Chase. And so most people call them Chase, but we call them Beirut. So we were wondering which one you liked better. Oh, I've never heard Beirut. I thought it was a team composition choice. I will start using Beirut. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Conversion. Good, because I was going to say Chase, so I'm going to say Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for changing your answer. answer. <laughs> nice. We were guaranteed one Beirut. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. All right. Uh, y'all seem to kind of cover, you know, both sides of the fence on all these questions up until now, but a lot of options here. What is your current arena team? Oh dear. Well, I have an arena team. I would highly not recommend because <laughs> when I started the game, I'm, <laughs> I've, I've never really dumped a bunch of money into the game. And as a mostly free to play player, it's very difficult to make up for early mistakes, but I'm also a sucker for lightsabers. So I went with Jedi pretty much from the start. While I also used Asajj Ventress on my team growing up, it's now changed where I have a Qui-Gon lead. I use Anakin, Ayla, Ahsoka, and Sunfak for the second dispel in a tank. Right now I'm ranked 32. I can probably climb to 15 and I'll get pushed back to maybe 40 by tomorrow because tomorrow's PvP day. Uh, This team can work, but it's in spite of itself, and because I use all my battles. Otherwise, it's a terrible team, and I don't recommend it. (laughs) That is a very interesting team comp. I haven't heard anybody that uses Sunfok with those Jedi, especially. And I assume when you say Ahsoka, you're not talking the new Ahsoka, you're talking baby Ahsoka. Yep, I'm talking baby Ahsoka. And so, for example, if I had my Empire team geared up or ready or start up, sorry, if I had my Empire team start up, then I would have a seven star R2, but I only have him at five and I don't have the gear for him. I would throw R2 in that team instead of Sunfac otherwise. But it's just what I have and it seems to work. And it's very annoying to fight. People on my shard tell me that, so that's probably its greatest advantage. <laughs> you should tell them, a, a, like, just just say like thirty seconds or, or sixty seconds of Operation Zygon, so oh yeah, Operation know. Zygon. Okay, so this was a fun experiment where this was back in uh, late February, early March, when Nukin and I were talking, and I said, I don't understand why Jedi aren't better. This is starting to get frustrating because. I never really stopped playing the game. That's really the the curse of death for any arena team, is that if you take a break, if you go on vacation, if you come back to the game later, everyone has advanced well beyond you, and it's very difficult to climb back up. In my case, I just had a team that, even though it had a high power rating, which is a poor metric to measure teams on, you know, the, the Rebel meta was really in full force, and it was becoming more and more challenging to stay in the top five, then the top 10, then 15, then 30, then 40. 
And so Nukin suggested a plan that actually worked out really well. And this started around level 72-ish for me, where he said, save all your fleet currency. And if by the time you're level 80 to 82, you can start buying Zetas from the fleet store. And if you save up 40k, you can be the first Zeta on your shard, rather than needing to farm it. The concern was whether or not it would hurt my, my ship rank, which... Fortunately enough, the experiment worked, and it really hasn't hurt me that much. <laughs> but nice. yeah, I was I was the very first Zeta on my arena shard, and I gave it to Qui-Gon, obviously, because he's got the most baller Zeta for a Jedi team. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But it was a really interesting experiment, and I was willing to take the risk, and it worked out pretty well overall. That is pretty smart. Very good. Very nice. It was Nukin's idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was just the guinea pig for it. <laughs> uh my my arena team right now I'm running the Sith. Running a Darth Maul lead with a Zeta Savage, a Sith uh Sith Assassin, I should say, and Darth Nihilus and pick your fifth, uh Kenobi B2, something along those lines. I've always been a dark side arena user. Whether it was the smartest decision or not, I started playing the game, running a Tarkin lead, switched to Emperor Palpatine lead when he came out. Darth Vader was my first Zeta. And uh, yeah, I'm running Maul right now, and I'm hoping that Thrawn will be my next arena leader, so we'll we'll find out pretty soon. Nice. Yep, definitely. We will. Funny story, he said, as he took us off the rails again. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> talking about mall leads, I know that a lot of people are still using them and still getting first with them mm-hmm. for the longest time. So I just started about two weeks ago running the triple cleanse team, and I was getting up way higher than I ever have. So I usually just hang out around fifty to eighty somewhere in there, but I recently got up to sixteen, which made me. Feel good considering I hadn't ever done that. But the the funniest part of it is I could not beat a mall team to save my life with the team that's built to fight them, right? Really? <laughs> yes, huh. but here's the best part. Over the past two days, I find a mall team to fight and then I sim the battle and I am six for six against mall teams <laughs> when I sim the battle. By by sim, right. do you, you mean, mean auto? auto? Yes, okay. I hit auto and I don't touch it and I don't I don't target anyone. I just let it do its thing and it has beat six out of six of those teams. Whereas <laughs> I could not beat them myself. Huh. That's, okay, <laughs> so did you observe what was happening and what the different mechanics were and choices you could make for why it was different? That would probably be a smart idea. <laughs> But I have not. That's okay. too simple. <laughs> yeah, maybe nice. when I lose the first time, I will. But if I can just set it on sim every time, psh, thank you, AI. Thank you. That's very well, interesting. So you're obviously using Rex, Chariot, and Kenobi. Who are the other two? Rex, Chariot, Bays, Kenobi, and Boba Fett. Nice. Mm-hmm. Works pretty well. I just got R2 to gear 10, almost to gear 11, so I'm going to try to fl- fit him in there somewhere. Maybe but instead we'll of awesome. Boba Fett, perhaps? Quite possibly. That was yeah. the original thought. So 
I'll try it and see what happens. Those teams are kind of everywhere on my shard, uh, except there's been a lot of Kenobi leads. I actually went to a Kenobi lead uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, uh, kind of on and off, but I've stuck with it this week. And right now I'm using General Kenobi lead with Qui-Gon, R2, Darth Nihilus, and Chariot, and it's been really effective. But I've been considering going ahead and zading Qui-Gon and making him the leader because these five work really well together. And I feel like uh, Qui-Gon's lead might benefit my team more overall than Kenobi's lead. So, mm, Very we'll interesting. See. That is a cool team. I like the, uh, I like the pickup team kind of thing. It's like a hybrid with a lot of synergy between itself as well. I, I agree That's, with you that Qui-Gon would be a better leader, though, if just measuring leader abilities. Yeah. And that's kind of always what I try to do is find abilities that I like and stick them in a team. But I will say this. Qui-Gon is great on that team because he gives the offense up, and Chariot with offense up is a whole lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Not if you're team. facing him. <laughs> not, not if you're facing him. That's definitely true. Get rid of that buff! <laughs> That's that's my that's what scares me about taking Boba out of my team because half the time they'll wind up with like ten dots and Boba will just one shot them. But if I put yeah. R two in there, it's like oh yeah, here that's, we are. That's one of the main reasons I use Sunfac on my team because uh, for a, for a Jedi team, Empire and Sith will just absolutely wreck. I mean, it's a slaughter. It's not even fun to watch unless I feel like being punished that day. But I can <laughs> I can leapfrog up my arena shard off of the backs of dead resistance and rebel teams, even if they have maxed out chases, because Sunfax just like, flap, guess what? No time for you. Yeah. No buffs for you. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm surprised we don't see Sunfox more. Like, because he is. He's so good at with the counters and everything. Like, he would be frustrating as hell against the teams that are pretty common now. Well, yeah. the funny thing is, right, he became farmable, and then he just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Everyone who had that, him, like, paid true. for him was like, well, I'm not using him anymore. And then you just never see him. Like, yeah. Okay. I'm, not, I'm surprised that a lot of times it's mostly, I don't see anyone in my arena shard that uses him. But every once in a while, someone will be using Geonosian Soldier. And I will also get matched with people that use the Geo Soldier in Galactic War. And I just think, mm-hmm. why? Why why over Sunfac would <laughs> you use him? You know? Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, cool. Thanks for answering our questions, guys. Mm-hmm. Now we can jump into it and everyone will understand where you're coming from. <laughs> Probably not, but it was fun. Join the dark side <laughs> and let a bot do your decision making. That's what we learned here. <laughs> yes, exactly. The AI is smarter than punk. There you go. This All right, so this week in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. So, we found out that Grand Admiral Jar Jar, I mean Thrawn, <laughs> would be coming to the game as the legendary event as a legendary event requiring Phoenix Squadron to unlock. So, a lot of uh, theory crafting, or guessing, I should say, not really theory crafting, on who this June fan favorite would be on our podcast, on your podcast, every podcast seemed like. 
did this surprise any of you? No. no. I've been calling that it had to be a dark side character for a while, and they were releasing Star Wars Rebel characters, and they didn't release Callus, and um, you know they're not going to release Governor Price quite yet. So I was mm-hmm. thinking it had to be a dark side Empire character, probably, and Thrawn fit the fan favorite. So I've been calling that for just about every live stream or podcast that I've been on been saying Thrawn, <laughs> not because I want him, because it just made sense. Mm-hmm. Jedi Luke I will also say made this. sense that I was hoping for, but Thrawn made more sense because they've been yeah. teasing us about Jedi Luke forever now with every splash screen we log in for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally agree. I, I kind of we'll really see if that August with, thing was a joke. Yeah. I had my hopes up with Jedi Luke, but yeah, it was one of those things. It was like we got R2. It was logical for us to get a dark side character right after that and i mean dan and i both thought originally whenever i think they announced phoenix the week that the uh, you know they're making a big announcement uh about the time that thrawn book was coming out we kind of thought they would be releasing thrawn then and they didn't so we're like yeah maybe not and then yeah finally gets here after last week and the uh redacted and the cl- shrouded and secrecy stuff i was really really hoping it was Django to be honest especially if he had clone synergy yeah because that would have been baller when did that but at this point come out uh it, beginning of may i think okay i think it was april yeah. actually yeah. there Maybe. is one thing about this game i've noticed that a lot of uh well especially since disney owns star wars now is that a lot of the content that they release on any platform comes out that they will synergize this game. And I'm sure their marketing team is directed to do this, but Thrawn came out shortly later, but we have the new Ahsoka since the new Ahsoka book came out. It's not really following a specific cadence, but that is a good indication of whether or not one of these characters is going to show up in the game because people are interested in it already. Something I find interesting from EA Play today, we'll talk about the not-so-interesting things here in a second, but one thing I did find interesting and more fun to watch was the uh, the Battlefront panel they did. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys know this, but the the story mode that they're introducing in that game is already confirmed to be considered canon in the Star Wars universe. Very so, cool. Since it's made by EA, just like Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we saw the leader of Inferno Squad from the, that game move into Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes when it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eden Versio, the uh, First Order captain, or, or um, she's, she's high up there. I'm not sure if she's a lieutenant or a captain or whatever, but I think that we're definitely going to have her. Um, come to the game and and i'm not sure when because i i think the game is released in like the fall so that would mm-hmm. actually be a good time to release her because we're gonna have the the last uh, jedi movie come right after that so we'll have this nice like potential august jedi luke release followed by the star wars battlefront 2 characters in that fall time and then winter time it'll be all um you know, resistance and, and what have you 
uh, like a meta of some kind like that in the winter time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely will be interesting to see what they do and what characters they do introduce as they're coming up. I'm pretty excited for that. She'll be an Empire character. <laughs> <laughs> that she will. So the EA play stream. Did you guys watch this? <laughs> I did, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, that was so exciting. <laughs> no one blinked, so you didn't miss it then. I was very happy that I woke up too late because I slept <laughs> in. I decided I stayed up very late last night, and I decided maybe I should wake up before noon today. And when I woke <laughs> up at 11, everyone said you didn't miss anything. So I'm very happy for that. <laughs> I did watch the clip, though. I think oh, that stream man. actually put me to sleep. <laughs> like, honestly, I put it right here in the notes. I'm going to rant here. Go for so, it. So, first off, I am a family guy. I have two year old triplets, a seven year old daughter. There's a lot of shit going. Oh, there's a lot of stuff going on on a Saturday for me, right? <laughs> so, I made it a point to not do anything today to stay home to watch this stream because they said that there was a character reveal, event, inf- new event information, and a content announcement. Those three things, all three of them. <laughs> so, I stayed home to watch this thing. We pushed back the podcast to today so that we could talk about it. And I sat there as they stood in some back dark alley talking about Swagwa for about four minutes. (laughs) And then we went back to Need for Speed. And I can't even begin to describe how disappointing that was for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they they made them film in the back of the building where the dumpsters were. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like don't lift well, up the the Swagwa sheet because you're gonna see the dump truck. <laughs> I think I think the bigger news here is this is the first time that it's actually been confirmed that Cozy Spoon and Jesse are two different people. Are not the same person. Yeah. Yeah. They're a yin and a yang, actually. That was her first in, in appearance and I'm you know, it's kind of sad that her first impression on video was um the community wasn't too happy at that point in time, but I'm sure she'll make up for it because she's great on the forums and whatnot. I think for that sure. the stream was, yeah, super disappointing. And there was some sort of communication issue between the event organizers, EA or CG or, or some, something just didn't go down correctly. And I know that they were running behind on the stream. And I know that because I looked at the announcement and I was looking at the time and I'm like, they, they're, they're, they're at least like 15 or 20 minutes behind schedule right now. So I guess that uh, someone didn't pay for extra overtime or something. So they had to cut yeah. it short or, or I'm not sure. Cause I just, I just stopped watching after that. I was so frustrated in that announcement because it had been so, so hyped up and it could have been just done so much better if it would just just if the game changers had just announced it or one of our podcasts had just released the information that would have mm-hmm. been light years better than that three minutes because <laughs> i think we were promised <laughs> totally like agree. To 30 minutes right and we got about three to five minutes of just <laughs> three three people yeah. standing there yeah. awkwardly 
<laughs> I'll say this, right? I kept watching it for another 45 minutes because I refused to believe that they weren't going to cut back out there and have them talk. Sucker. And uh, I, I reached out to uh, McMull since he's there, and I'm like, hey, are they doing anything else, dude? Do you know? He said, I don't think they are. So I'm like, yep, this is going off. I'm not watching this anymore. I will say this, though. The most exciting thing from that is, you know, um, at 15 after whenever it was supposed to start, they were still showing uh, Battlefield or Battlefront 2, you know, gameplay. Oh, my God, mm. it looks so good. It does. Yeah. At least what replaced our content announcement was entertaining. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I am There's, definitely buying Battlefront they, they 2. There's definitely the gonna, them. yeah, no kidding. There's they definitely gonna be like a uh, Shattered Order Battlefront 2 party at some point. <laughs> let's have a land party. Yeah, let's do that. That would be awesome. Naughty's not let's invited. <laughs> I'll, I'll fly. He over. likes to win these things. I'll fly over to the mainland with my computer in hand. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see you walking through the airport with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, beyond disappointment and what came from the stream, there was still some information there. Not a ton, but we did learn some things. First and foremost, the event is coming in five days. So it will be here on June 15th. Not a date that made me happy either. Mm -hmm. So we'll kind of get into... Why? Because we mentioned that Phoenix Squadron was needed to unlock him. So we'll kind of talk about the five days you have along with the past three that we've had to get those characters. But it's going to be tough for those that didn't buy all the $10 packs and other things in the past to get to the point where definitely not to get to seven star but even just to get the five star will be an interesting grind until then. But as far as Thrawn goes, he will be used with an Empire Squad surprise. I don't know if you guys all uh, saw that coming, but there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so the things I meant, I heard from uh, Cozy Spoon and uh, not really a Jedi there that I kind of wrote down here. They're not really things that. I've seen on other people's evaluations of this video, but they're things I remember hearing. So you tell me if you remember hearing it or not. But he's able to give his turn meter to another character. Yes. You guys remember hearing that? Yeah, that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool, only because it to- it's a totally different mechanic than calling in an assist. Because if you give your turn meter to another character, they are actually taking the turn and they're abilities will their cooldowns will be reduced by one as opposed to if you're called to assist those don't get reduced you know what i mean that's Mm -hmm. a very good point yeah so i thought that was kind of cool and you could probably do it on a non-empire character but um you know you probably want to run a four to five man empire squad i'm speculating under under thrawn yeah for sure makes sense i'm sure there'll be some hybrids with a gk or a r2 in there somewhere but Mm -hmm. for the most part for sure another thing different debuffs between raids and pvp so 
some debuffs that would go on in the raid. They don't really want those things going on in the raid or they wouldn't be helpful in the raid. So they've changed what debuffs are given in a raid as opposed to in arena. So that's kind of interesting. I find that very interesting. In fact, a there's a lot move. of... <clears throat> I think that's a great move and there's a lot of characters that their secondary value... I'm just going to pick Ayla, for example. Her stun does not work in a raid. So really the only value she has is a counter in the damage she does otherwise, for the most part. So I'm kind of curious if they are going to continue this kind of trend where characters that have a very strong and appropriate skill for arena would have a corresponding ability when they're in a different situation like a raid. It, it's that an interesting awesome. choice. Well, because like yeah, speed, for sure. defense down, speed down, like those, or, and offense down, those three debuffs could be swapped in for stuff that doesn't do anything, you know, like ability block or stun and make so many more characters a lot more useful. I think that would yeah. be an awesome move if they could do that. Yeah. So another one that would they said, he provides the ability to empire allies to cleanse their own debuffs. And the one word that I took from what he said was own. And it made me wonder if that meant they were going to be given an ability where they could use to cleanse their debuffs, or if it was kind of like R2, where if they crit, they cleanse their debuffs. There was no amplifying information there, but it made me wonder, because they said it was something that was not in the game yet. Mm -hmm. And so it really makes me wonder if it's they're adding a ability that will add an ability to other characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think if it's not in the game yet, that would make the most sense to me that each character, rather than doing damage for that turn, can use their turn meter to cleanse their debuffs and get mm -hmm. rid of it. But only if Thrawn is there, perhaps as a leader, I'm not sure if he would offer that if he's just on the team, that would make sense mm -hmm. if they said it's not in the game though. It, 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 this right. this mechanic is not a new mechanic if you played other video games like there's things where characters or heroes or if you play card games they will you know for a small sacrifice of taking your turn or sacrificing you know hp or or, or something um you can gain a benefit so it seems like they're doing this because it kind of fits the dark side theme where you're you're doing something to benefit yourself, but you're you're not gaining. Um, it's not completely a, a 100 positive uh, interaction. So it seems right. like it's probably going to be a sacrifice of like health or, or turn meter or something. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be a crit cleanse because we already have that with R2D2, and they're going to try to want to do something different. So whether it's mm -hmm. like a new ability or a new mechanic that allows them to cleanse. Either way, the Empire player, players out there are rejoicing. I know I am personally because finally, for months, we've been asking for a cleanse, and and here it is. And and they seem the developers at least seem to listen to the to the players that actually are Empire players. I found so if you are a Dark Side player out there listening to this podcast, if you think <laughs> there needs to be an improvement to this faction, and I'm not just an Empire fanboy. But you should speak up on the forums or tell someone that makes content about it because the developers are actually listening, at least when it comes to the Empire faction, because that's how we got Palpatine. That's how we had the first uh, Empire 
Dispeller with Death Trooper, and that's how we have the cleanser here with Thrawn. So they at least listen to the the player base in that regard. In in terms of actually acquiring him, which we'll talk about a little bit later, not so much. <laughs> oh. For sure. Well, one last little thing that I found interesting is he... It was bundled in with all the abilities they were talking about, so I don't know if it's part of an ability, if it's a unique for him or what, but he said that he will manipulate the turn, the team's turn meter. And it made me wonder if that's going to work like a Rex does to try and bring him, the Empire up to fight Rex teams or what, but I'm kind of curious now what they meant by that. It might be something like Stormtrooper Han, where at the beginning of his turn, he just has a certain percent chance to remove a certain chunk of turn meter, something mm-hmm. like that. Who knows? That'd be interesting. What if he had something like where he, him or his team gains turn meter when the other team gets a, both, a buff or something along those lines? For his character, yeah. that would make sense, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know, man. It'll be interesting to see once the the character goes into the game and we can see what those maxed out talents look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Nuka? And the what game changers. Like um, I would like him to have probably be not be super hard to gear, like not be a Kenobi. I would like him to be a leader. I would like him to have. You know, multiple specials or or uniques or both. I like him to have Zetas, and I think that on top of the cleanse, which is something we've been asking for, something that deals with tenacity up triple cleanse teams because Chase and Rex and Kenobi and you put them all together and it's just broken. Yep. <laughs> it's just not balanced for totally a agree. dark side user. And if you can get a new debuff that is irresistible or you have like some extra D spell to get rid of that tenacity up or something there, then, then you really have a character that's worth far, like trying to go for farming, gearing, zading, because you know that it's going to be effective. And, um, you know, you can, you can, you don't have to play that triple cleanse team to be top three in arena and um, you know, be able to not no offense, but you should I don't think you should be able to auto arena battle sometimes. <laughs> right? <laughs> not no, up in those top ranks. You should have to be a little well, bit tactical and tenacity up really ruins that because you can't land any debuffs for more than a turn or so. What about this? What if he gave turn meter whenever the other team resisted a debuff? So let's 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 break that down for a second in theorycraft. So if they have tenacity up and you try to land a debuff, it's gonna be automatically resisted because mm-hmm. that's what happens. So you're basically giving yourself turn meter, but you're blowing your cooldown. So mm, I don't know. On talking it out. Well it depends, because some characters do it on their basics too. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I, mean, I could see that. There's also characters like Kenobi and Luminara that if someone dodges an attack, then suddenly they get a special bonus, like extra damage or extra evasion or something along those lines. Yeah. So that the, would make uh, sense. Yeah. A lot of the tanks that, that are like the superior tanks nowadays have a debuff. Like if you're against a Sith team, 
their Sith trooper. And I think he applies like defense down as basic or that. I mean, let's, let's all right. I'm going to pull a, pull you a solid Beirut. <laughs> Not Chase, but yes. If you're running, if you're running Bays, he has that speed down on his basic, right? So maybe, maybe that could work actually. So if you have a, a taunting tank with a debuff that could feed you turn meter, that might be all right, but still, it's not. It's kind of like a band aid to this to the tenacity up and the the ability to cleanse. It's just too easy to get rid of debuffs. They're um like they need a super debuff or, or something that they can just rely on, and maybe and then you don't have to change tenacity up if you can create a new debuff that actually is effective in arena that is irresistible or something like that. Then maybe that'll be all right enough. Either that, or you just need a ton more D spell or, or something, right? Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they figure out what to do to take a triple cleanse off the top of the list right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're going to they're gonna do something eventually. Yeah. Whether that's Thrawn, I don't know, or something that's coming in the future, I guess we'll see, but... I feel like something's going to have to, to change. be that. Yeah. I, I just don't know if they know or knew he needed to be that when they started making him, you know? Yeah. You know, another so. thing I was thinking about earlier, let me know what you guys think about this, but a lot of the times to, for an Empire team to require a cleanse, so a lot of the, the triple cleanse teams are specifically countering Sith or Empire. So when you're going up against them, triple cleanse teams don't really have many things to debuff other than maybe Baze's speed down, for example. So they don't really mm-hmm. rely on debuffs. And to give Empire a cleanse, how much will that really help them? What, what do you think on that? That's guys? a great That's, point. Yeah, I don't see where it would help much at all, actually, now that you mention it. Because, I mean, oh, the teams that you're talking about, these light side teams, they're all buff-based teams. They're they're not good because they put debuffs on the other team. They're good because they put buffs on themselves. So let's just yeah. say once Ahsoka Fulcrum comes free to play, and those teams start invading the arena, that whole idea of needing that dispel on that team might change. Because I have a feeling once she's able to be farmed, you're going to see a lot more, a lot less Rex and a lot more uh, wedge leads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it so, seems know. likely. We shall see. Well, I, I just hope at the end of the day he's a legendary character and he's as good as Emperor Palpatine was because that's, I think that's the last and only other dark side legendary character, if I'm not mistaken. Well, so, I mean, yep. so far, all the legendary characters have been pretty amazing. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing was that they nerfed Art. Or not R2. They nerfed Yoda, what, about four months after he came out, I think, which was kind of disappointing. Yeah, uh, I think the legendary characters should be that freaking good because of the work required to get him. But Well, it's funny. They took down his damage, but Palpatine will still crit for 15k on his basic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Yoda's hey. like, I just crit for 10k. Nerf. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, guys. They need to give his damage back. Yeah, that's one of the reasons that I haven't really put in the effort to level and gear up Yoda to use him on a Jedi team in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's fair. just better options. 
Well, you can see that I was super salty when I wrote these uh, show notes because the next point said, what we didn't learn, anything of value other than the date of Thrawn's release. <laughs> so... <laughs> Nothing. But moving on for the uh, update notes. <clears throat> so, Thrawn requires a Phoenix Squadron, a group that was previously unfarmable. Well, when they announced Thrawn this past Tuesday or Wednesday, they uh, made Phoenix Squadron farmable. And it kind of took everyone by surprise and kind of made a lot of people mad with the Thrawn thing. But I can tell you one thing that I am happy about, and that is where these people are considering the value of a Phoenix Squadron. So Chopper went to the Cantina store, Ezra to Cantina 2B. Notice that's a 2, not an 8 or a 9. Mm-hmm. And the Fleet store. Hera went to Cantina 1F. Awesome. Kanan, Kanan, I don't know how I say I think name. it's Kanan. Okay, that makes sense. Kanan PvP store, Sabine, Darkside Hard 1A, and the Guild store. So while she only has one hard side node, or uh, hard node, she's also in the Guild store, so that's not too bad. And if you were, if you think about your gin farm, it might have taken a little longer than others, but since it's in the Guild store, it actually goes pretty fast. Compared to just one hard node, that is. And then Zeb in the Galactic War store. So, if you look at where these people went, they are really not that hard to get. So, it it's not hard to get, that's what I'll say, but it doesn't mean that it's not time-consuming still to get. So, that's, that's where true. that is. They are they not, are there, and they are very good. Exactly. Or good, easy farms, I should say. Yeah. The problem is that the crunch time that we have to get them in, and we've yep. been given so little time with little heads up, I suppose they could have released it the day of and said, oh, if you didn't already prepare and have Phoenix, which is maybe 2-3% of the player base of the game, that would have been more frustrating. Mm-hmm. But we definitely yeah. did some number crunching, and I will shamelessly plug the podcast that we did a couple of days ago on calculating for a free-to-play player if it's possible or not to get all of these five stars, assuming that no one bought the $10 packs. And the Nukin was just doing some number crunching earlier today and found that it's not possible to get Zeb. Even if you have the currency saved up, you will you would have to refresh what was it twice, Nukin? Do you want to talk about that one? Yeah, we, we were running through the numbers that night of when we released the mini on can can a free-to-play player unlock Thrawn? And the answer is yes. But then I, uh, our, that podcast was mostly focusing on that. And then I started thinking about, well, what about getting the seven stars? And that's a little bit different. You're really going to need to actually use crystals to refresh some of those stores because you only have like three opportunities to buy um, like 15 shards a day of some of those characters. And since they finally released the, the date of when Thrawn is starting, and we can assume that it's a seven-day event, it actually is going to take you longer to seven-star the character. So, like, you're going to have to refresh the Galactic War store and, like, the Cantina store and the Arena store to get Chopper and Kanan and Zeb to seven stars because you can't, you, even if you have that currency, you don't have enough buying opportunities, and I think you have to refresh, like, 
three or four or five times. So it's another mm-hmm. um, 200 Jeez. crystals per store there, which is, which is, um, you know, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You're moving out of free to play at that point. Yeah. Uh, and, and even as free to play, even though if no one ever bought the packs in the past, it is possible to five star all of them. But it does require somewhere in the range of about 2,000 crystals to spend refreshes on the Cantina double drops. And that's assuming that someone had planned ahead and knew beforehand to take advantage of the Cantina drops in the right way. For example, Mm -hmm. Sabine seems to be the most restrictive, though, because she doesn't seem to show up very often in the guild store. And my own experience of her farming her hard node with no refreshes for the last three days. I have four shards for her from that. So <laughs> really, yeah. Are, are, what are yeah, you? What are your guys' that plans? Are you, are you going for the the five star or the seven star? Or are you just not even attempting Thrawn? I'm going for the five star. I've got currency saved up in all the stores. Uh, I've already got Hera to five star, and now I'm working on Ezra. Um, so I'm I'm mainly. Just just trying to get them all to five stars so that I can beat the bonus tier and unlock the run. Mm-hmm. I'm personally going I'm a- for the seven star year, and I, I think it's gonna. I'm gonna cut it close, and I'm gonna have to devote hours of my life pressing this uh, ally point button <laughs> in the hopes <laughs> of getting shard right. shop currency. So I can spend it on Jedi Rebel Scum, so I can finally use a character, <laughs> which was really... Okay, I just have to rant for one second. <laughs> we had to use Rebels to get Emperor Palpatine. Do you, I don't think they understand that Empire players hate using Rebels. I don't even have a seven-star wedge. Just, just throwing that out there. And mm-hmm. then we have to do it again! Again! for Thrawn like come on okay I mean I mean I'm literally repeating myself but like that is ridiculous and it should have been it should have been like Imperial Troopers because you know it's either the the same faction or the opposite faction and they just reworked Troopers and their Empire and you see Thrawn in the show with Death Troopers you know that would have made more sense and Mm -hmm. you know uh, maybe it, it didn't make it wouldn't have made enough money or something or or maybe that was an idea but like as a close second but i i would actually would have been okay with phoenix even though they're they're rebels but the time the time frame is just not working out they should have been free to play a week or two ago well that's what made me think that the release date of this legendary event was going to be at the end of the month or in the first week of July to give people that time. But now you can tell. So kind of breaking down the other news that we've already kind of talked to. First off, Darth Nihilus, Sith Trooper, Sith Assassin, out of the Shard Shop. All the Phoenix guys are in there now. And also, they gave double drops on Ezra and Hera's Cantina nodes, and Sabine's Dark Side Hard node from the 8th to the 10th. So hoping that you'd spend the money on your crystals, refresh those things, get as many shards as you can. But yeah, so those are the two things that we had already kind of touched on. But And I've had too much wa- uh, cider, so I'm kind of forgetting where my point was. <laughs> uh, I'll jump on something <laughs> real quick then. Uh as far as like the legendary events, really the first event, which was Yoda, 
that's the only event where you've needed the same faction. Ever since then, they've gone like the opposing faction, which honestly I like. It gives you some direction if there's a character that you want. Because, um, I mean, I've been playing this game since it basically since it came out. Got most of the characters unlocked. This is the first time in, I mean, in a year that they've kind of released a new character that anybody can get, but that requires a little bit of direction to go towards. So I'm actually really excited about the way that they're requiring Phoenix Squad because now I have a reason to actually farm them and level them so that I can get a new character. Am I the only one that feels that way? Probably. I don't think... I don't think that you're the only one that feels that way. I think that I think that that is a good point, but I also think that your point everyone else would be happier with if there was more time to farm them. Yeah, I mean, so we all have the direction, and they just became farmable. So we all start farming them, knowing that Thrawn's coming. The problem is Thrawn is coming way sooner than he should. Yeah, like I so, would, I would be much more excited about it if, for example, let's take. Uh, resistance just throwing it out there since they fixed the expose resistance can now be a very viable raid team that that can really boost your no one is using phoenix so i've seen a few people like mcmull included he will throw ezra on a phase one jedi team to see how that works it works it doesn't change the game though it's definitely not a Princess Zodi team or something like that where everyone thinks you're cheating because your numbers are off the charts and there's no one using Phoenix anywhere in the game other than to just see what they do as a novelty team. So without a rework, they're they're not really viable well, other than oh, hold to on. unlock this character, you know? Their ships are amazing. We can all agree oh, there, yes. right? We can all agree on mm-hmm. that, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so they're amazing at ships, and they're required to get Thrawn. Like, mm-hmm. if that's all the use they have in the game, that I mean, they're a thousand times more useful than Night Sisters. This is true. true. Yeah. <laughs> the only main point I bring up against that is that you can't get their ships. So, once their ships are farmable then yeah, I agree. That's a good yeah. point. Also, I'm the, not a huge fan of yeah. these double and triple pilot ships. It's the amount yeah. of gear required real. to get the it's ship brutal. usable. It, it's brutal, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But their ships are great. We can totally agree on that. They're, they're almost too good. <laughs> and that's why they required two characters. And I'm fine with that personally, but each one requires well, three, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, one, so. one requires two and one requires three, I believe. Oh, okay. really? I think that's how it is. But I'm not going to go check because I hate ships. So. <laughs> <laughs> but on the point of Rebels and, or not Rebels, Phoenix Squadron and viability in Arena, I want to point this out there. If you were to re-roll your account today, you could literally start farming a full Phoenix Squadron team from the get-go. And as we know, when you're lower level, getting those good teams that synergize like that, as opposed to just having Jedi Consular thrown in with whatever mishmash of everything else you have, that will really put you an advantage in the arena. So if you were to start a new account where these people were placed, 
you could get a full Phoenix team and probably do pretty damn well on your arena shard when it started, at least until you started farming the other meta characters to slip in for them as you got them up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm actually glad you bring that up. Someone in our guild actually started an alternate account and they're going to give us updates every so often, but that is actually what they're going to do is go through and make the Phoenix squad like their main squad that they're going to go after and just kind of see how that pans out. That's a great point. Um, There was when, when the Imperial troopers were reworked, there was a group of people on Reddit that decided to make a new account and have Imperial troopers be their squad. So that reminds me a lot from that, um idea and i think phoenix are even better because i think the only way to get general veers is through hard notes if i'm correct and uh you know phoenix just take that concept to a whole nother level Mm -hmm. for sure we also have he's not here right now but i'll i'll plug my boy morningstar he's basically a scientist of starting alt accounts and (laughs) <laughs> constantly re-rolling through an emulator until the first chromium unless just pure free to play and re-rolling through an emulator to get the ideal character which really you know Baze, wedge for example lando mm-hmm. great characters to have from the start and he did this in the past when the phoenix team was released and so his plan was just to sit at level 26 and never collect never do anything in the game and that would give him experience so that he could gear them up and level them up and then drop into the arena with a full Phoenix team and accidentally one day collected the wrong reward from dailies and then suddenly <laughs> entered the arena and it uh, did not work as good as one may have expected based <laughs> on their abilities on paper, but that was having them at three stars. So mm-hmm. yeah, for what it's worth, he, he abandoned that account. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Surprise. Well, it'll be interesting to see how people play with that, but I just thought it was really cool that those guys are in easy places and definitely accessible to new players, so it gives them something to look, look to, mm-hmm. and depending on how good it is, something that we might recommend at some point. Yeah. So. It's also possible the Phoenix characters may get some sort of changes to them that would make them more viable for arena because i don't know of anyone that's really using them in arena unless they're just experimenting Mm -hmm. or in raids for example so there there may be something coming where they will try to boost this especially since there's so much focus on them these days i would hope so you know even if they don't boost them right with everyone getting them to seven stars there's a lot of really great theory crafters in this game you know, doesn't yep. have to be on a podcast or have a YouTube channel, but people that come up with awesome, awesome things that slip, we hear through the grapevine, right? Kind of like Nutini. Mm-hmm. But when everyone gets these guys maxed out, they may find a way to make them work. Maybe there's just you take out one of them and add a random character here that makes them fit together better. You know, I'm well, sure we'll start seeing once everyone has them something, you know. It's not going to come for me. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, well, I'm losing my voice. 
too much wine. Um, I will say <laughs> that I will be refining the new Empire meta team if Thrawn ends up being worthwhile. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be watching. So moving on from uh, Phoenix, we know where they're at. They're at a $99.99 $99 bundle. They gave you 55 shards of each character, some ability mats, two million credits, which I did the math is enough to level one character to 68 out of six. <laughs> uh, 94 star training droids, which is enough for one character to level to 58 and a half, and a bunch of gray, blue, and green gear. So, pretty wow. much buying the shards there, but uh, yeah. Not worth it. You know, the Imperial <laughs> exactly. Trooper pack were far more worth it in, in specific, well, in particular, the Shore Trooper and the Death Trooper pack, which had 20 yeah. bucks the pop for 80 shards. And it, yeah, it beat the snot out of this these other rewards and the gear that it came with, too. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, there's another pack, Faction Pack, 700 crystals, 699 for those uh, marketers out there. But chance at 10 to 330 shards of one of the six characters. I saw someone get 140. And then I saw a lot of people get 15. So really n- not worth your crystals, in my opinion, mm-hmm. unless you have the money to spend on them. So Agreed. Agreed. But the next thing I wanted to talk about was another thing that came out. We were talking about flash events last week, and we all kind of theorycrafted and thinking that it was all part of this Luke's journey to becoming a Jedi. And then details came out about the Flash event that's going on this whole month and kind of blew that up, right? Because this month's Flash event is for the Phoenix Squadron. And every three days or so, four different tiers, and they require a different set of the Phoenix Squadron. So, for example, Tier 1 requires Hera, Ezra, Kanan. 2 requires Hera, Chopper, or Sabine. 3 requires Hera, Kanan, or Zeb. And you have to have them at four stars to use the event characters on those there's also a bonus tier that requires all characters all six at five stars or five of the six at five stars so my question is what do you guys think of this well i thought the flash events were pretty good what do you think naughty you want to start off no you can take it man go for it okay i i thought that like when they released the first luke event that was great that that was the first event where we could get a Zeta as a reward. And then this mm-hmm. event took it to a whole new new level because the bonus tier allows you to get three Zetas. So that's unheard of. And then on top of that, we can get a full furnace and a full stun cuff for a first time reward. So I thought that was great. You know, it's it's gonna be difficult to acquire them like right now, but since Unlike the legendary Thrawn event, this event goes till the end of the month, so it isn't too difficult even for a free-to-play character to get the characters required to five stars, even though on the forums, if you were checking the main forums or Reddit, there was a lot of community uproar because of the Mm -hmm. visual and text descriptions of the bonus tier, because you weren't allowed to use your own chopper, and they should have communicated that better, and I'm sure they understand that. But nevertheless, I think everyone's going to be able to probably get that bonus tier if they're actually actively farming those Phoenix characters. Um, what do you guys think? I do believe that uh, the chopper issue on the final tier 
is listed as a bug. And that's mm-hmm. something that they are supposed to fix this week. So yeah, Cozy Spoon said that they sh- they're trying to get it fixed before the twelfth when the flash event comes back. So we'll see. I saw that post, and it was still unclear whether they were going to fix the the visual description and the, the picture, or if they were actually going to allow you to use your chopper. Uh, maybe I'm mistaken, but. At least it was confusing enough to not know what's yeah. going on. Well, that's classic for them, too. Yeah, right? it's like, oh, yeah. we'll fix it. Oh, but you're still going to not use your chopper. <laughs> yeah. uh, vague, 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 vague. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Okay, cool. <laughs> like the whole Darth Nihilus thing where they reported it as a bug and then said, hey, we're not going to fix it or change it. No, this is working, is it? Yeah. yeah. I found it curious anyway. that these new events lately... Because they've never really done this before, where you get it's only been for the Phoenix. I guess in the Flash event, they did this too for Luke, where you basically get to borrow unmodded characters that they consider appropriate for the level. And it's then RNG based and your selection choices for your targets, whether or not you make it through. So the work that you're putting into the characters, other than the bonus tier, is all based on something that you can just do anyway because you get it for free. It's just a very bizarre choice to me because it doesn't reward the people that have been putting in the time and effort to level up the appropriate tunes for it, for example. I will say that... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it also doesn't punish people that haven't geared these characters. It doesn't keep them from getting the gear that these Flash events are offering. Because yeah, they were talking true. about these flash events as a way to get gear. And if, if that's done as a way to get gear, then they shouldn't restrict people based on gear level of characters. Like, So I like that all you have to do is get them to whatever star level it is. Their level doesn't matter. Their mods don't matter. None of that matters. Just get them that star level, and then you can do these flash events and get the gear. So that brought that brings up my next point on this, right? So after the Luke event, one of my main takeaways was wondering what the hell they were talking about with helping the gear crunch with these flash events. <laughs> because those Luke those Luke awards were just not helping gear crunch. I didn't mm-hmm. understand what they were talking about. But these new rewards on this one actually make sense to me because a first clear on tiers one through three, you get a different type of yellow level uh, mod, which is junk. awesome. <laughs> oh, you say junk, but uh, I'd say about seventy five percent of the people, people that I've yeah. seen post what they got from that event had a double digit speed secondary on it, including yeah. Myself. That's why I'm better. Yeah, <laughs> I got good for I you. Got two I got two of those where I leveled it up and posted it, and I was like, I said, ah, not too shabby. And then three or four people said, oh my god, that would be great <laughs> on this particular character, for example. So hmm. I'm not complaining about that, and I did not have to have leveled up Phoenix to get it, because it was free, as long as you can beat the uh, beat the tier. RNG. Yeah, <laughs> it's all RNG. The other thing, right, is... Depending on what tier you do, you can get hollow projectors, uh, hollow projectors, stun cuffs, stun guns, uh, hypo syringes, like pretty much any type of gear that you need currently on a character you're working on is offered in one of the tiers. And if you just farm that tier, there's a good chance. Well, I'd say like a one in four chance that you're going to get 
the gear you need from that. And they give five of them. So as far as compared to the last event, this is a huge upgrade com- compared to that as far as gear crunch goes. So okay, I'm pretty happy with great. that. Yep. So, yeah. And then, be interesting. You, and then you actually have to gear them and work for it a little bit if you want to get those Zetas and the fully crafted gear, which I have no issue with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, one last thing from the update this week that should make some people happy here. Bug fix. No mod spam anymore for with the 100% drop rate on mods, which was getting out of control, I can tell you that much. So Yay. If your guild chat was looking like someone just was splooging mods all over it, it's not <laughs> going to do that anymore. So... Calendar events. What do we got going on here, Wink? Break it down for us real quick. Well, as we kind of went over last week, we still got the Flash events going on. It'll be back on June 12th, the 15th, 18th, 21st, 24th, and 27th every three days. So, as you know, you can do those, basically get four temps a day if you time it right. So, I mean, that's a lot of sun cups you could get. So, do not miss those. Um, That's going to be awesome when that motorcycle shows up on the podcast that just flew by my house. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what that was. I was going to say something. I was like, eh, whatever. Uh, the Thrawn Legendary event starts June 15th. Get to farming those Phoenix characters if you haven't done that already. You obviously need five of them at five star to unlock Thrawn. And we'll see how difficult this event is. Uh, I mean, this is kind of one of those events, unless you're really like a whale, you're we're all kind of starting at the same spot on this event. So it's going to be one of those things like where I'm going to have to kind of try to get bio minimum resources. So I'm super excited to actually (laughs) have to put forth a little bit of strategy on this. Um, Apparently, I'm the only one, but that's beside the point. Uh, It's going to be the same as every other legendary event. Uh, Does someone who's here who's super bitter about this want to complain about how it's not enough time to get seven star anyone i will say that i will i will say that the emperor palpatine event was actually a a challenge for myself because i didn't start playing the game um you know from the beginning i started about around when the rancor started that when guilds and the raid was uh you know introduced about a month after that so mm-hmm. getting Pal- Palpatine was actually difficult. And I remember playing, repeating, playing that event, you know, hundreds of times, not because it was hard, but because the, the team composition of rebels that I had, to, I was allowed to get to seven stars in time were terrible. That's how I have a seven star farm boy, Luke, actually. <laughs> and I was prepared <laughs> for the flash event was because of Palpatine. Uh, so I look forward to the challenge, but I think there's a difference between challenging oneself and you can make a, a, a mode or an event challenging without making it pay to play. And they definitely, you know, did not they, they did not combine those two elements. This is more of a pay to play event versus a skilled event, even though I haven't even played it. I'm hoping <laughs> I made this assumption that because of the, the rush nature and I said this on our podcast, because of the rush nature of getting the Phoenix, maybe the event will be slightly easier 
than the last legendary event for R2D2. Yeah, um, but uh, you know y- you, can't, you know, can't expect that. What do you guys think? You just what you just said. I was expecting a different outcome from your idea about it than what you said. Uh-huh. But it made me think. You know, since it is harder for everyone to get to seven star at the moment, that maybe he will come back before R two does. That too. Yeah. Uh, you know, and not waiting, not having to wait six months. But I mean. Mm. By that time, there's going to be the next big thing, whether it be Luke or Indian Versio, like some of those characters we were talking about earlier in Thrawn mm-hmm. will have, you know, he'll still be above average, but I don't foresee him, you know, being the top. Like, you only have a certain quarter to be the meta, and then you're just a good team after that. I mean, that's just the way that this game is designed. There's, there's power creep, and then... To, to fix that, they have like faction passes and stuff like that, and, and Zetas, for example. So you really probably want to run Thrawn now, even if it's not seven star. If he's that good, you know, have mm-hmm. have his time in the sun in the meta, and then you can keep running him as a you know a top five or top ten team. But he won't be you know the team, which is you know right now the triple cleanse team, of course. But I think you know even even if I can't get Thrawn to seven stars, I'll, I would probably still run him, and I think that's nice that everyone's probably going to be able to acquire him, except for the players that just kind of recently started the game, and they either missed the Marquee Phoenix events altogether, so they don't even have Phoenix unlocked, or they just mm-hmm. don't have they have other priorities, and they just have to skip out on Thrawn. So, in that regard, maybe they can reconsider the introduction of at least legendary characters, because you want people to be able to play the fan favorite characters and if you're gonna make characters like overpowered don't have them you know you know just just have them at least be able to be accessible by the majority of the player base and who who knows maybe they scrape the data and that's not that big of a deal for the majority of the player base but it seems like a lot of people aren't going to be able to fully use Thrawn because you need seven stars to go into raids and other things like that. And that's, you know, I mean, I, I could rant about that. You know, why why have a star restriction in, in raids, you know, or maybe just like switch to a, a power system or something else. But I think that people really want to run, the people that want to use Thrawn want to use them everywhere. And stopping them from getting seven stars without having to spend hundreds of dollars is kind of silly, especially because a lot of those players also like light side factions and people just spent lots of money trying to get bulk of Masoka and, you know, prepare for R2D2 and all that. So it's just mm-hmm. too much happening too fast. And that there's definitely a timing issue with everything. Yeah, that's very true. It's also true that the gear crunch is probably the worst part of leveling up any character. So to suddenly have six characters to dump gear into, mm. I hope that they would give us a break there and make the event to unlock Thrawn a little bit easier. Because especially for new characters, I mean, I'm not sitting on any gear that I'm not using. There's, We always have green pluses in our roster, but it's not the kind of thing where, you know, I could, like Mick Mole, for example, was sitting on a bunch of gear to level up Ahsoka on day one, and he's loving it. But the Phoenix are left out. It requires a lot of preparation and planning to save gear for a character. For example, when someone 
gets ready to unlock Kenobi, and they can plan a month in advance to save up all those Carbontes. It's very difficult with no advance notice for that kind of thing, so I sure hope they make it easier for us. Absolutely. I six One at one time? Okay. Like when they dropped R2 or any of the newer characters, but when you drop six at once that need gear, that's a big problem. Which kind of makes sense as to why they added all that gear into the Flash event, but that was kind of... Uh, it... Uh, yeah, that was kind of needed beyond Rebels, you know, yeah. Phoenix. So. Also relevant to Phoenix is that <clears throat> their particular gear crunch that they have to go from gear 8 to gear 9 to gear 10 is absolutely ridiculous. So if you can't use them at gear 7 or 8 to win this event, regardless of their star level, that that's just, that's terrible. That's a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll see. We'll see. Yep. Cool. Um, Omega Battles next weekend. We just had the Assault Battle. R2 makes that insanely easy. That was a lot of fun. Uh, he's great for that. Um, the only other thing I'd like to touch on on calendar events, I've heard a lot of people complaining about Tier 1 uh, of the Flash event. Um, if you're having issues with tier one on that last part, make sure you're going in there with somebody that has a lot of turn meter and blow up the explosive crates. Those are the key to beating it. Can't really do it without those. Dan, mm-hmm. what came from Reddit? Oh, what came from Reddit? This week, we received from Reddit salt and vitriol. So I hope everyone likes those two things because that is definitely what we got. So, yeah, no comments from the devs on Reddit for for 18 days and longer for most of them. So I think that we're going to cut this part out of the podcast until they start going back there. And the way things are going there right now, I would say next year on the podcast, you can return the the, uh, return of it came from Reddit. So there's that. (laughs) Maybe around one last thing. Time of the last Jedi coming out. When The Last Jedi comes out, yeah, that might be when they start posting. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Well, one one more thing I wanted for you guys to talk about. You guys have an awesome raid guide over on Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes in depth. And I wanted you guys to just kind of say what it is and where people could find it, because I know it's got some great resources on it, and I want people to know about it. Nadia, you can take this one. Okay. So this is uh, credit where credit's due. Obviously, the raid guide itself is due to a lot of players with heavy ingenuity that have created these teams. Nukin's one of them, McMull's one of them, a lot of other people outside of our community are many of them. And what Morningstar has done is he created a spreadsheet, and we all helped to beautify it the best way we could. So it looked really cool at the same time and also offered the information necessary for each phase of every raid. What are the best long-term investments to create a team so that you can compete in those different phases and assist your guild, get better damage, for example? It's obviously not fully complete because there are a lot of other teams that are viable, but some of them just aren't worth having on there because they're so prohibitively 
prohibitively expensive that we took them off. One of them was the fourth order team in one of the phases, which required four Zetas, for example, if you have that great, but to provide people with a guide and a, and a plan for where to go from where they're at, if they're not already heroic viable was kind of the idea. And then mm-hmm. of course we beautified it. I drew a picture for it. Um, it, it's very pretty, and you can find it at swgohindepth.com, and it's very prominently posted in some of the top links, the top there. But uh, we're, we're very proud of it, and great props to Morningstar. He's a great researcher on that kind of thing, and he just likes making spreadsheets, so it benefits <laughs> everyone. It's also one of the most popular pages on a site, which is full of really valuable information, and it's had... I believe 12,000 hits in the last month on that particular nice. page. So it's, you know, we'd like to contribute to the community. That's why we're making podcasts. That's why we stay up late into the night to share information <laughs> with people and talk on voice chat and spend time with you guys. So yeah, we, we appreciate the plug for sure. Mm, definitely. It's awesome. I've looked at it, used it in parts. So I wanted everyone to know about it. And did you well, mention how pretty it is? Yes, it's, it's very pretty. It's pretty on the inside and the outside. <laughs> Something for everyone. Yeah, and the one of the things that inspired us to create it was that the other guides and resources out there weren't constantly, you know, edited, and the people mm-hmm. that made them weren't on the forefront of some of the more like game-breaking teams and weren't. I guess they either didn't have the news or they weren't able to edit them quick enough. And this is one of those guides that you can bookmark and it will be edited every, every few weeks or every month to have the best possible teams for the raid. And on top of that, we've promised to the, to the community that we're not going to stop there. It it has the rancor as the tank raid. And eventually that there will be another raid for this game and you bet your pants that we're going to have the top teams uh, for that rate as well. So it's, it's uh, you know, it's a work in progress. And I, you know, thanks guys for plugging it because it took, took a lot of time and a lot of work. And it's, it's, it's because that the community came together, um, at least the, some, at least, you know, a, a group came together to help the community, you know, out and collaborating is you know part of that and uh, you know we're we're happy to be collaborating with with you guys we eventually um i don't know do you want to tell them what our 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 grand scheme of things are or do we have time for that go for it man okay so it's my dream (laughs) to have the, the 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 trifecta of podcast hosts all be on one episode together and i think it'll be a blast and it all starts because now we're here now we just have to pull in the Galactic War Report guys, and we'll have the, the Shattered Order, the SWGH and Death, and everyone all together for one super mega episode. I think that'll be amazing, and uh, stay tuned for that one as well. Yeah, I would Absolutely. expect that will happen when we get the new game mode content released. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, plenty oh, to talk about that way. Another thing, too, I want to mention about that raid spreadsheet guide is that I recently went through to update the page so that there are video links for every single tried and true proven team on there. 
just to help people understand how they work rather than just listing the characters, for example. And in Mm -hmm. some cases, the video that I linked, of course, I'm going to rep my homies in the Republic if they have a video on it. It's not necessarily the creators of the team, but we always give credit where credit's due at the bottom of the raid sheet of the people who contributed and are on the cutting edge of figuring out and theory crafting and proving how these teams work. But the videos mm-hmm. are pretty much, in my opinion, the best ones available and the most educational rather than just, you know, like Nukin's videos, for example. He goes very, very much into detail. Same with McMull on how to mod each character, what is in each mod slot, what do you do in each stage when turn meter comes up, rather than just watching someone play the raid and not really knowing what's going on. So we tried to make it as educational as possible. Makes sense. And something I thought about when you were talking about it being constantly updated, one of the things I hear from people that kills me is, yeah, Star Wars Galaxy of Hero Cantina dot com came out when the game first came out, and there are still it's still a big hitter on clicks from Google search, and a lot of people will go there yeah. and take the advice without a date to it to heart. Oh god, uh, it really hurts them in the early game. So having a yeah. resource like you guys do, where it is constantly updated and can be found pretty easily through Google search, is a Definitely a good thing for the community. So we appreciate you guys for that. And we also appreciate you guys for coming on with us tonight. Well, it's always fun to get different groups of people that make content out there together and have conversations, you know? Oh, yeah. So, Thanks for having I appreciate us, guys. This you guys. has actually been really fun. Yeah, for sure. I got to sip wine, talk, talk about Slugaga, and, you know, I had a good time. Thanks for having us, man. Absolutely. Good time. Thanks well, for, for all coming you guys. on. Yeah. For everyone out there listening, go check us out on the iTunes store and leave us some reviews. Check us out on Twitter at Shattered Order. And our Reddit names are Goodnight Punk and Windkiller Inc. So if you guys want to get a hold of us, you can use those places. We also have a Discord. It's list or there's an invite in our Twitter bio. So if you want to come hang out with us, it's a lot of fun. But we look to hear from you guys and any feedback you have for us on the episode, let us know and we will continue to grow and give you the best content that we can possibly do. So from there, thank you guys once again for coming and that should be it for us. Cool. We'll see y'all next week. Later. Aloha. Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming, and may the force be with you.